Yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to the podcast. Click that subscribe button. Let's dive right in today. You know, I was in sales for um, about 11 or 12 years, 10 years at the in the last industry in, in uh, home automation and security. Um, and, and some of the most valuable life lessons that I learned, we're going to go over today. Not all of them by any means, but some of the most valuable ones that I believe will be a help for you no matter what you're pursuing in life, just things that'll um, uh, stick with you. So number one is there's a time for everything. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes, and it's you know turned into a famous song, a time uh, to laugh, a time to mourn, a time for war, a time for peace, a time for, you know, it goes down this list of a time for everything. Um, and I believe that's so important. One of the things that we begin to do is begin to be good at, first of all, um, uh, setting up priorities in our day. But besides that is understanding that there, there are times um, people, because they don't have a good foundation in what they should be doing every day, it's almost like things bleed over into each other. So people go to work um, and then they're like, man, I'm working now, but I really need to be spending more time with my family. And then while they're working, they are, are experiencing regret because they're not spending time with their family or they're spending time with their family and then they're like, man, I really should be working. Or they're in praise and worship, and they're like, man, I really haven't read my Bible today. I should be reading my Bible. Or they're reading the Bible thinking, man, I really got a lot of chores I need to do. I should be doing my chores. So no matter where they are, they find themselves in their mind or in their heart in a different place. Um, and, and almost like detached a little bit, not 100% present in what they're doing because there's this feeling of like, oh, this thing's left undone, this thing's left undone. But to, to understand that in your life, there's a time for everything. And if you can set up a good um, schedule, if you can set up a good system that you can not feel condemnation because you're doing something, because there's other things that need to be done as well. Um, so like when you go out to work, one of the things I learned to do is like really just respect the time that I was working. So if I was um, working between 1 and 9 p.m. or 1 and 10 p.m., during that time, that wasn't a time for me to be on my cell phone. That wasn't a time for me to be texting people or be on social media. It was a time for work. And then when it was a time that I was off work and it was 10 o'clock at night, it wasn't a time for me to be thinking about work. It was a time for me to be not working, right? It was a time where I would actually give my mind a break and say, I don't need to work. I need this time to rest, right? And so when I, and then uh, uh, when I would sleep in, I would set him, I say, okay, you know, Saturday morning or Sunday morning or whatever it was, this is my day to sleep in. I'm going to get an extra 30 minutes or an extra hour of sleep that I don't beat myself up because I feel like, oh, I could be doing more. The Bible says, don't condemn yourself in that which you allow. Obviously, we need to make sure we're, we're doing the right things and we have good priorities. But when you do, when you're, you're doing everything you know to do, waking up early, reading the word, don't allow yourself to feel like, oh man, I feel drawn to other things in life because there's a time set aside for this. When I'm hanging out with my wife, it's not a time to be playing video games. It's not a time to be working. There's, we have a date day, right? And we go out and we, there's, there's things, sure, that I could be studying. I mean, you could be studying 24 hours a day, but understanding that there's a time for this, that God has set it up, that we take time for different things in our life and not feel bad because maybe, you know, oh, I could be doing more. I could be you know, there's a time where when you're in church, it's not time to be going out and telling people about Jesus. Yes, there is a time to do that, but Jesus would go and pray and people would almost look and be like, well, if there were so many lost people, why didn't he spend all of his time reaching people? He spent a good amount of it, but there were times where he was 
up praying, right? There was times where he stopped and had meals with his disciples. So there's there's time set up where if you can have a good uh, a good organization to your life and a good um, uh, good routine that you don't have to feel, man, I should be doing something else. You almost feel like you're never a hundred percent at everything, and you ne- never give uh, full effort because you you feel like you should be doing something else. So that was number one. Is there's a time for everything. The second thing. Um, uh, of the great lessons. I'm going to give you four of them today is you don't need to be great at everything. I think there's this misconception about how we um, uh, need to be good at everything, a jack of all trades, right? I need to know about everything. And it's good to be educated. It's not good to be dumb in any area. But there's certain things that you don't need to get um, a knowledge about. You know, honestly, God brings people in our lives to make up that which we lack. You know, I'm I'm not good with cars. I don't know that much. People, I remember people have get, gotten in my car with me and were like, what's that? When I, back, when I had a Mini Cooper, hey, what, how many horsepower is this? I don't know. Is this, uh, is this turbo or supercharged? I, I don't know. I, it's, got, it's got six gears. <laughs> That's all I know, right? But it's, and, and I've gotten to the point where I'm okay with that. I don't, first of all, I just don't care that much. But I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to change my own oil, right? I'm sure I could go on YouTube and figure it out. I've done some things in the name of figuring it out, right? But that you don't have to be great at everything. People almost have this idea of like, you know, the modern man is the man that is is versed in everything. But God has given it that you're good at something and there's something that you're called to do, but you can set your focus. Someone who's a 10 at one thing will get more done is a guy who's a six at a little bit of everything, Right. And so knowing, knowing what your strengths are, they always say in sales, let your work, focus on your strengths and just make sure your weaknesses aren't liabilities. So if you have a weakness in an area, and obviously this isn't talking about sin, but just in, in life, hey, I'm not great at this. I'm not great at my organization. Get basic organization skills so it's not a liability, so you're not losing money because you didn't pay your bills on time, right? And they're charging you interest, right? Whatever the case is. But focus on your strength. God has given you something to be strong at. You don't need to be great at every single thing. It's okay to not be good at some things. I remember hearing about Peyton Manning, who's a quarterback, and it was kind of, I laughed when I heard it, but he left, um, he left college. He got into the NFL, and he didn't know how to do laundry. He had never done laundry in his life. His dad was a NFL player. His his brother was an NFL player. They they basically just played football and their mom like took care of stuff. He didn't know how to do laundry. He didn't know how to cook anything. He was like he was he was like dumb in quite a few areas when he left college because he had just had someone who did it for him all the time. And he was like, yeah, I just know how to play football. But he was excellent, right? Goes down as probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time because there was focus to what he did. And this isn't a thumbs up for husbands to never have to do the dishes. Sweetie, I'm not good at doing the dishes. I'm just good at being (laughs) a man, right? This isn't for that. But you don't need to be an expert in every area. The third thing is realizing the place that failure plays in success. People look at failure through the eyes of what others will think. And I think that becomes one of the biggest problems people have as they run into failure in an area. Anything that you try that you're for the first time, there's probably a good chance there's going to be a learning curve to it. But people look at failure and sometimes failure makes them want to run away because they're looking at what do other people think of me. But failure is failure is actually a stepping stone to success. There was, um, you know, when I started in door-to-door sales, my, f- my first year in the alarm industry, I had a pretty good year from, from a rookie standpoint, like my first year doing it, one of the top rookies. Um, my second year coming in, 
I went out. I remember getting out to the market. We were in Cleveland. And uh, my first day, I sold two accounts, which is a great start um, uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the year. And my first year, um, well, so the next day, and I was, like, geared up, like, so excited. Like, I'm running full force. Man, I'm going to do two every day this week, first week. Um, the next day, I went out and I bageled, which is our term of, like, uh, coming up with a donut, a zero, right? Um, so I, made, I, I got no sale the next day. And then the second day in a row, no sale. And my, like, I'm a deflated balloon at this point. Went like so excited, geared up um, to, to nothing, right? One day, two days, three days. My first year doing this, the worst I ever did was three days in a row without a sale. And here I get to this point where I'm three days and I'm my second year in. And for me in my mind, I was like, well, I was a rookie last year. I should be way better this year because I know what to expect. But I started listening to this this um, audio book by John Maxwell called Failing Forward, and he goes through the people. The guy who invented Diet Coke was the same guy who invented a different uh, a different Coke name that completely failed, and they actually fired him. And Coke lost a bunch of money. But before he invented Diet Coke, he had tried this formula that they had launched and put a bunch of money behind, and it had miserably failed, and he'd been fired. But they were saying that that was a stepping stone to his success, that if he hadn't have had the failures, he wouldn't have had the success. And so whatever you're going into for life, be ready to fail a lot and be okay with failing, understanding that failure is actually part of the recipe of success. It's not a... uh, there's a saying that says failure is never final and it's never fatal. It's only if it causes you to quit that it's a problem, right? People who just decide, I'm going to do this. We all know about the light bulb, how, you know, they, it took like um, Edison, it took them like, I think a thousand wrong ways of doing it. And they said, oh, you've, you've done this wrong, you know, a thousand times. He's like, no, I just figured out a thousand ways not to do it, right? Um, on the stepping stone, on the pathway to success in life is, 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 is realizing that there's failure on the way. There's maybe missteps, but just a determination to, I will never quit. I'll figure this out. Um, too many people go into things and they're like, if they're, if I'm not in, they're used to being, oh, I was instantly good at basketball. I was instantly good at any sport that I played. You know, people have strengths. I was instantly good at this stuff at school that when they get out of the real world, they see something that's worthy of doing, but they're not good at it at first, but they're not willing to stick it out and be bad at something until they get good at it. For me now in preaching, man, I want to preach every single day. Why? Because first of all, I just want to practice more. Preaching means it's practice. It's gaining my voice. It's figuring out what to do. It's giving an opportunity to be able to follow the voice of the the, the, the Spirit of God. It's seeing people's lives impacted. I want to do it more and more because the more I do it, the, the better I get at it. So being willing to fail on your pathway to success. Um, and then uh, the last thing is learning to love the difficult stuff that in the difficulty is where there's actually growth. You know, when you wake up every day, most people, they actually say your brain is geared to protect you from things that are outside of your comfort zone. And so your brain wants you to shy away from things that could lead to failure, things that could be hardships. Your, Your body and your brain don't actually want the, the difficult things. And so you have to actually, um, you have to actually convince yourself to be a person who, when there's a difficult scenario, when you're thrown into something that maybe you don't fully understand that you, that you're quick to say, Hey, I'm just going to do it because this is how I'm going to grow. There's growth in difficulty. You know, so many people stay stagnant in their lives because they're just never willing to try something that's difficult. That's more difficult than what they're used to. Hey, if you, if you're called to preach, Man, write a sermon and preach to yourself in the mirror. Well, that's awkward. Yeah, absolutely it's awkward, but it's going to get you better and more confident in preaching, right? I used to do that. I would get my pitch, 
when I was in sales and I would pitch myself in the mirror, even after years to keep myself sharp, it's the most awkward thing. It's, it's harder than pitching a customer at their doorstep is pitching someone in the mirror. Excuse me, it's pitching myself in the mirror. So I would just pitch myself in the mirror. Hey, I'm Ryan, you know, and go for it. But it was the difficult things that lead to the growth. Um, when we would knock, we would work late, right? We'd work to 930. And I remember uh, Tim, who was my manager, would say, hey, work to 10 o'clock tonight. And it was like such a growth stretch because there were already people at 915 who were like, do you know how late it is? And then just forcing yourself to push through the the awkwardness and the hardship, but that's where you find growth. That's how you improve. So whatever it is you're aiming at in life, look and say, what is the thing that makes me nervous and go after it? You know, if you're, again, if it's called to the ministry, ask the Lord for opportunities to preach, keep an eye out, be the person who volunteers to minister, be the person who says, I want to do it. Even if you're nervous, but that's where the Lord meets you, or you say, Lord, I need your help. Be the person who goes after it, because the Lord will bring you opportunities to, to allow you to grow. And so for some people, they stay in a place where they don't grow because they shrink away from opportunities and they call it humility or I don't want to put myself forward. But being a person who says, I'm choosing to grow, I'm going to be deliberate about my growth and then go through the difficulty in doing that. It's like building a new muscle. There's pain because you're building a new muscle, right? So as you're doing those reps, it hurts, but that's how you know there's growth. If you're doing, I heard uh, Muhammad Ali say, they said, um, I think they asked him something about push-ups, he says, I don't count the push-ups that I do. I only start counting when it hurts. He's like, he says, I don't, you know, don't do 50 push-ups, 60 push-ups. I don't count my push-ups. I just wait. I count once it starts hurting. And that's such a good thing. It's like when we're in life, being willing to face the difficulty and not shrink away from it because God uh, wants to see us grow will provide opportunity for us to be able to grow and get better. But those are my four lessons. So number one is there's a time for everything. If you have a good schedule, don't beat yourself up in, in, in certain things. There's take time for the Lord. Take time to have fun. Take time to um, spend time with the family. Take time in the Word. Take time at church. Take time for work and let yourself be focused. Number two, you don't need to be great at everything. Number three, failures are stepping stones to success. And then lastly, learn to love the difficult stuff. There's growth there. There's a saying in sales, eat the frog. So that's saying, whatever's hardest in your day, do it first. Don't postpone it. When you wake up, what's the most difficult thing you have to do today? Do it first, right? You guys are awesome. This is going to be the best year as you, uh, as you seek God, as you move forward, as you learn to grow in new areas. I believe you're going to grow more this year than you ever have. Love you. Thanks for listening. Please share this on Instagram. Man, some of you, it's the same people every day, and we're grateful for it. Screenshot, post on your Instagram story. You listening, who I've been talking to this whole time, please do it. Tag us. Ryan Yesta, Christy Yesta, you guys are awesome. Have a great day.